From Koningstein Road in the east to Cetus Gap in the west, an orange curtain has descended across the Ojai Valley. This is Ojai Talk of the Town. Hey everyone, Brett Bradigan, editor of your Ojai Magazines, the monthly and quarterly. Our guest this episode is Susan Capadia, founder of Ojai Cares Cancer Resource Center. Uh, please stick around to the end. There's a very moving passage last few minutes that I think encapsulates the value of community and to each other. Hey Susan, thanks for joining me. Hi Britt, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we were just talking about, uh, well, you know, Ojai Cares is going to be the main topic of conversation, but I know you're from New York. Are you uh where, which borough? Uh, actually, from Long Island, okay. so Nassau County. Which so is on the other side of the of the boroughs, then the other side of further east on. Further on, uh, east, Long but Island not much. Expressway. It's actually the furthest west and south that you can get on Long Island. We're very close to JFK, okay. the airport. Is that Jamaica Plains? Not Jamaica Plains. <laughs> What's the airport there? Uh, I thought that was JFK. Oh, in Jamaica Plains, that would be LaGuardia. Oh, no, I get them mixed up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so what brought you to Ojai? I know that you've been in this for 11 years, you said. Been you had your this. own personal experience, right? I have, yes. I, I'm a cancer survivor of 14 years. I had breast cancer. And maybe I'll just go right into yeah. that. Um yeah, I was um, out of the clear blue. I have no family history of cancer, so we would call me Ground Zero. Whoa. And uh, I had just opened up a restaurant here in Ojai. Yeah, World Cafe. World Flavor Cafe. And about it took me f- 15, 18 months to open that restaurant. It was there was nothing there. It was an empty building. I don't know if you remember. It was I an don't art remember gallery. What was there before you? It was an art gallery. Um, Do you remember, who was running that art Nancy gallery? Nancy Main. Oh, of course I know Nancy. Yes, yeah. she used to have the gallery across the street over here. That was Porch Gallery, and now it's owned by uh, Liv Tyler. Yes, I heard. Haven't seen her hiding her hair of her. This is like her third or fourth house in Ohio, and they're oh, just lovely. To I guess house, she, I guess she likes it here. <laughs> you know, the one or two weekends a year that she's got a full house that's be the spillover. How fabulous! Yeah. Well, good for her, and she picked a nice spot to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, eighteen months to open the restaurant, and I was diagnosed five months into after the opening. Wow. Yeah. So after all that work and then... After all that work. Do you think that had any bearing on it? Do you think that maybe the chronic stress... Well, the chronic stress for sure had um, some effect, and we know that from studies, that that stress stress is is an enemy to the body. Do you think it's an epigenetic thing that turns on... It actually can change, yes. It can change your DNA. Yeah, put all that stress and... um, The doctors had told me that the cancer was probably growing for three to five years before Before it got detected. How did you detect it? What was the first? There was a self-exam? Yeah, self-exam. And it was um, not small. And I ignored Mm -hmm. it 
for some time because I was so involved with the restaurant. Just, I was like, I don't have time for this. I know that, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. That's not uncommon. Yeah, and you, you know, you're really just saying, oh, it's probably a this, it's probably a cyst, mm-hmm. it's probably something. And it's very easy to sort of wish things away. Yeah. And that does happen with a lot of people, male, female, uh, all kinds of cancers. Um, there's always that deniable, uh, you know, that level of deniability or... Sure, or that, just not wanting to think about it. That's right. That's exactly right. Oof. So um, I did keep the restaurant going for a year, but it was difficult. Mm. And well, it's a tough business, even the best of times. It's a tough business. Yeah, you've got to really be a masochist to want to put in those 16-hour <laughs> days dealing with suppliers and vendors and having the staff issues. Oh, please. You know, yeah. silly me. Uh, I worked at the Iron Pan. Do you remember the Iron Marty? Pan? Marty? Was that his Ma- name? Yes, Marty Nation. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. And that is now where Sakura Ohai is, if I That is correct. Correctly. Yeah, they've made it work, that space, because that space was in and out a lot. Yes, it was like snake bit. <laughs> People said it was cursed. <laughs> There's a couple, few places around town. Yeah. I think it's cursed by people who didn't find the right fit. Yeah. It's not that they didn't work hard enough or they didn't have the right, you know, energy or plan or ambition. It's right. just so tricky to find that sweet spot. It's true. It's true. But Marty gave me a good opportunity. What were you doing for him? Uh, we created something called Indianites. And so one night a week on Tuesdays, uh, we would uh, turn that restaurant into an Indian restaurant. Hmm. And I love Indian we food. Have you ever eaten at Babaji and on State Street in Santa Barbara? No, I haven't. Yeah, they do a lot of that molecular gastronomy. Oh, do they? Yeah. So it's really fun. food. Where you have a little (laughs) Little tweezer. A little egg made out of some kind of (laughs) weird thing. And then it's just really delicious. Oh, it sounds fabulous. I'll have to try it. It's hard when when you know how to cook. To to go to another restaurant. To go to another, especially Indian food, which is my specialty. I love to cook. Uh, Korma, I love to make korma, especially. How do you make it creamy? Ah, uh, well, you know, I use full full cream. You do, mm-hmm. you do. I make coconut it vegan. Milk. You make it with you coconut milk. You can make milk. it with coconut milk, but it definitely changes the flavor. Mm-hmm. If you want that authentic flavor, you have to grind up cashews, raw cashews, oh, yeah. to a paste. Cashew milk. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not milk. Oh, you don't you have rinse to, it. No, no, it has to be the full-on cashews that you make into a paste and that goes into the mixture and it creams it up. It up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yummy. That doesn't sound bad at all. It doesn't sound bad. Cashews are so versatile. <laughs> yeah, they really are. They are. So, back, well, when did you get here in Ojai now? We're going I'm back in to my 22nd year. year. Really? Was yeah. the frying pan still here 22 years ago? The iron pan was iron definitely pan. here. And uh, I remember they, they were there Deli. for a very short time, maybe okay. two years. Maybe after Melon's Deli and before. Yes, like, remember it was Ronaldo after. Brutico yes, of course. Yes, I remember him with garlic gold. Was that, that what it's called? Oh, yeah, yeah garlic, garlic gold. gold. Yeah. That was his product, and it mm. was a deli also. Yeah, Marty came in after that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we you created got, something quite... Was that your quite, first restaurant experience? No, no. Back oh. in New York, I had restaurant experience. Okay. Yeah, caterers, restaurants. 
And um, I had my own little school at home where I taught couples how to cook together. Really? That sounds great fun. Yeah. I used to love that when, you know, when I was not single, I would just do, I do most of the cooking and my partner would do the chopping and uh -huh. fine work. It was a great chef. division of duty. Yeah. Yeah. It's great when, when couples can work in the kitchen mm -hmm. harmoniously. Yeah. <laughs> Find a groove. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, we created this Indian Nights, and every Sunday I sent out an email to this very robust list that we had been collecting, and I would write a story about the meal that we were preparing, mm -hmm. and sometimes I made it up, and sometimes it was based sometimes on... <laughs> taking some license. Yeah, just a little bit, just um, to get people in the mood, a little mm -hmm. romantic story about, you know, sometimes the recipe came from my mother-in-law, sometimes uh, it was my brother-in-law's mother, who was a very big influence on my cooking. Yeah. So. I, I love those stories behind the recipes. Like yeah. Ch chicken marengo. It was like <laughs> the, Napoleon wanted to celebrate this great victory. And all they could find was these like three or four ingredients. I forget what's in it, eggs and chicken, right? But it was like they hardly, the place had been forged out, so they were like desperately scraping up a meal for, right. to celebrate. And right. That sort of, uh, you know, uh, catch, catch can recipes mm -hmm. are often the best. I think that Caesar salad started that way as well yeah. with uh, ingredients. The only Caesar, what was his name? Oh, Back gosh. in the 20s, right? And, and Tijuana? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember his last name. I love a good Caesar salad. Yeah. I remember one time a vegan friend was about to go in on a Caesar salad. I'm like, no, no, you got the anchovies in there and the sauce. You can't do that. And then the restaurant owner overheard and he goes, no, don't worry about it. And, you know, we don't we don't use anchovies. And I'm like, that can't you call the Caesar salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to have those. So there so, you are. So there we were. Um, we had gotten so popular that the, the, you had to have a reservation. Yeah, that's a good. And position. we really needed to turn those. How many sales. tops did you have? Uh, there were in that restaurant. I think we had about thirty-five, maybe forty-five. Wow! Uh, and how tops. often you trying to turn them over? We're trying to twice? turn them over twice. Yeah. Yeah. Not to the you know, shove people out, yeah, but we but got the food out very quickly. Yeah, that helps. And it does. And um, anyway, that was great fun. Uh, unfortunately, Marty couldn't keep things going. Very tough business, mm -hmm. and uh, he really did try his best. Mm -hmm. But it's and the iron miserable. pan was from his mom or something. Was the iron story. pan was for his from his mom. I remember this stuff. And wow, he was trained in uh, at the French ago. Culinary School in uh, Manhattan, hmm. uh, Manhattan, New York, and um, he was serving French food here with white tablecloths. <laughs> and it, we're not exactly a white tablecloth no, kind of town. Definitely not. <laughs> So, but and he I think really French food. I think you know carême and uh, escoffier and all the great mother sauces. And <laughs> it's such a rich tradition. Yeah. yeah. Controversy though. A lot of Italians point to their earlier dishes as you know the origin of many of the great French dishes. Yeah. But I suppose that 
cross-cultural pollination goes on mm-hmm. everywhere. It's always been fusion food of one kind or another. For sure. Especially with the spice trade, you know. For so sure. anyway, back to um, World Flavor Cafe. Yeah, World Flavor Cafe. So um, like its name, uh, we serve food from all over the world, but we concentrated heavily on Indian food because that was my specialty. Mm-hmm. So... I did have a, a chef working. How did that structurally? What was the template? Like you'd have four entrees of different ethnic At night. And, yeah, yeah. During the day, our menu was set, except for maybe a special mm-hmm. uh, during the day. And then at night, um, we had uh, a nighttime menu and then a special from somewhere around the world. Mm. Not the greatest um, Template. I'll use your. Well, it seems like um, adventurous eaters in Ohio. Yes, seems but to reward if the from the business effort. standpoint, not having so a menu so. that's oh, not tight. It's expensive. With it's very supply. expensive, and of course, we wanted to use really good ingredients. Um, the food was terrific, and we mm-hmm. got great. I've eaten there. I'm you, trying you to had? remember anything yeah. I had that was really good. Probably had a dosa. This was something Which is that, the, the crepe. Oh, the crepes. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was our, our big yeah. thing. And that was a lunchtime And infinitely variable. You could make it in a... Into yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. We stuffed it with tandoori chicken and potatoes and peas and goat. onions. You and goat? I love goat. I do, too. Yeah. I like it, it better than lamb. I love lamb, but goat... If you can get it, there's only a couple places around here. The, I know the uh, Red Barn Liquor Store. Exactly on Saturdays. Yes, I and know. Oh, Beer Market has the Beer You're talking about getting yeah. Beer Yeah, with real goat. And then the um, Winco sells goat. I don't even know what parts they are. I think they're shanks. It's wonderful. But they're very expensive. I love. Yeah, yeah. I love goat. I love all of those. <laughs> Yeah, whatever gets your goat. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, now so you're, that was... You've got all this going on, and you probably were too busy to even really think about self-care and what's going on with Oh, that, definitely huh? did not think about self-care. And it was... I, I think what... I, I started feeling... I don't know. It was probably a, a, f- a function of the stress... Um, but it started not to feel well. And what is that? Low energy? Yeah, low energy and kind of... Physically depressed? I was crying. Like, really? I felt very um, overwhelmed. Yeah, emotionally labile. Yes. And I can remember Susan Coulter, you know, Susan from... Of course, yeah. Beast Bistro. Yeah. Exactly. She was so kind to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, really gave me a lot of encouragement I can remember that we walked around uh, the block a few times, and she was just like calming me down. Yeah. And so, we, you know, we have an incredible community here. Yeah, I well, can't we're say talk enough. About that. Yeah, yeah I can't you're say enough. You're in the enough. thick of it. Yeah. Now I am. You know, really, it's a. My oncologist said to me, "I said, can you believe I went into the cancer world? You know, as a," and he said. You're just now serving up a different kind of food, Susan. You're still mm. feeding people. Soul food. Soul food. <laughs> so he's so sweet. I love him. Yeah. Well, 
what happened? I mean, tell me about getting the diagnosis. I know there must be like a before and after in your life. And what did that look like, that transition? I imagine it was overwhelming. Yeah. Just, you didn't even know where to look or where to turn or what to do. Well, you know, we were, uh, Pradeep and I were heavily invested in that restaurant, yeah. not just emotionally. And yeah, financially, yeah, <laughs> family, right? Wasn't your daughter working there too? My daughter just between uh, college and going to New York to um, begin her career. Mm-hmm. Yes, I roped her in. She's in the culinary world now. still. I know she did some food journalism. She does food journalism. She still well, she works well. for Hello Fresh now, and she does all the, the um, little placards with all the. Little write-ups and stuff on them that go with the meal kits. That go with it. She does recipe development, editing of the recipe development. Wow, that sounds like yeah. a pretty sweet job. It's a great job. She loves it. So uh, what was it like before? Um, you know, you don't think about your body that much when it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, That's a shame, I know. Yeah, and a lot of times with cancer, it's, you know, it's a, it's a hidden... Um, Wily, uh, stealth, stealth invader. Yes, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. it. That's a very good way of putting it. And it wasn't until I, you know, felt that lump, and I thought, I got to take care of this. I just don't know when, mm-hmm. and I put it off. And finally, I just said, you know, this isn't getting any smaller. Yeah. And I went to um, my GYN who was in Santa Barbara, and I said to her, can you feel this thing? And she just looked at me and she says, I don't like the way this feels. And she just, she says, you're too emotional for this. I'm going to take care of this. And she just got on the phone and started making appointments for me. Yeah. Got the team together. She got the team together. And before I knew it, I was working with a with a surgeon and an oncologist mm-hmm. and your life becomes a blur and I'm running the restaurant. Wow. So now, now Pradeep has a day job, your husband. He, he had a day job, yes, he still does. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was um, it was hard on him because after work he'd have to come mm-hmm. and He's, he's a very outgoing fellow. Yeah. And so he would be our maitre d'. The front of the house. Front of the house, exactly. And he was very good at it. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I appreciated his help uh, and just his presence there during a really tough time. Yeah. So all I can say is my dream of having a restaurant became my biggest nightmare. Well, in, in that context, yeah. Be careful what you wish for, people. Oh, I'm telling you, don't go into the restaurant business. No. <laughs> Do not. Well, I had uh, Robin Goldstein, I Chef know. Robin. She's, she said catering is the way to go. If yeah. You, know, you want to be in the food world, that's just much more flexible. Yes. She's one of my dearest friends. Yeah. And so we went to Greece talk. together in September. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. On a and food she, tour. On a food tour. Yeah, what was that, um, Rob Bryden and, not Martin Sheen, I get the other guy mixed up all the time. They do those road movies where it's just them talking and doing their impressions. And uh, I don't you know, know that show. Michael Sheen and Rob Bryden. 
It's like they did a series of movies. But anyway, it's all food-related, and they're yeah. traveling, and these guys yeah. are so, you know, they're comedians, and they're right. whip-smart, and exactly. they're just great, great movies. I just really, whenever I see one of those pop up in my algorithm, I'm like, oh, I'll watch that. Oh, I have to try it. Yeah, yeah. the road to whatever or something. Okay. The road to Italy, the road to Spain, and Oh, Greece, it sounds and, great. Yeah, I love But my favorite was one they did in the... West counties in England. I never really thought of England as being that that uh, much of a the culinary destination, but it's destination. changed a lot since when I lived there back yes. in the eighties. It changed yeah. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I've anyway. had some great meals in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I kept the restaurant going for another seven months. And Did then, you know that you were going to have to unwind? Was it always in the back of your mind, or was it a day you're really. like, you know what, I can't do this? I, I, you know what, I, I thought maybe I could get a really good manager. Mm. And uh, that would help me out quite a bit. Somebody you could rely on to keep right. the place running. My oncologist said, if you want to live through this, you get rid of that restaurant. Is Either that put truth? it on hold mm. or sell it. <laughs> and mm. um, I'll tell you what the... Do you know that weekend that we have every year where it's sort of the convergence of the music festival and the wine festival? And yeah, the first week in June, well, second, second weekend in June. We geared up for that big time. We knew that mm-hmm. we were going to be slammed, and we also had a booth at the wine festival. So we were crazed. Why and would you do a booth at the wine festival? Because... It made sense at the time, you know, just to really... Just flying the flag, is that what you're thinking? Make something a little cash like and that. fly the flag, Yeah, you know? it's just, it's PR, it's, you know, so many things, another revenue source. But we spread ourselves too thin that day, mm-hmm. for sure. Ambitious, too ambitious. And you'd ambitious. had your diagnosis. And I had my diagnosis, and I was, at that point, already bald, and about 85 pounds. Well, you can't be that much more than that. <laughs> you're very petite. Oh, I am. I haven't grown in height, but (laughs) Um, anyway, we at the end of the day when we were, I had a um, a young man, uh, an intern working with me, and we um, tallied everything up at the end of the night, including salaries and everything that goes into the overhead, and what was left was not enough. Yeah, to warrant to justify staying open, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was staying with me. And Pradeep happened to be away that weekend, and I'm sure he wasn't expecting me to make this decision. But uh, the um, intern and I sat down, and he said to me, "Are you having any fun? Like, does this still give you a charge the way it did when you first opened?" And I got very emotional, and I had to admit that it wasn't fun anymore. That's a tough decision. Very tough decision. Because you're making all these post hoc rationalizations to yourself, like, oh, it's hard, but, boy, I'm so busy, and it just feels right, and it keeps my mind occupied. And I can imagine the inner dialogue was probably fierce. It was excruciating. Mm -hmm. And the two of us made the decision that um, the next weekend was going to be our last week. Yeah. Did you have a blowout party? We did. Just... Yeah, we did. We invited, you know, 
our good customers, you know, people who mm-hmm. had been with us, loyal from the beginning, yeah. and had been loyal at the Iron Pan as well. So we just had a, a going away party. Yeah. Yeah. And it was old, emotional. Old home week. Yeah, it was very emotional. Do you remember what you made for that occasion? I, th- I think we kept it very spare. We went back to the um, concept of the iron pan, which was a, um, a veg and a non-veg plate. Mm-hmm. And basically the same thing on both plates, except one had uh, a vegetarian, an additional vegetarian mm-hmm. entree, and the non-veg had a protein. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so people could choose just one, one or the other. And we had these beautiful plates. I don't know if you remember. They were copper tallies. They're called tallies. It's a it's a round plate that has a a rim. It was copper, copper. Hmm. and they were beautiful. All of our copper tarnish though. But in a beautiful no, this was treated, and so yeah, it didn't patina too much. Yeah, not green anyway. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, no, it didn't. Um, I had bought all of those copper that all that copperware had two 500 pound pallets <laughs> delivered oh. to I mean it was crazy we we went all in on this restaurant yeah we really including did. the ranges and everything else too brand new at all the, the entire kitchen wow. was brand new yeah it was it was a crazy crazy investment but we had high hopes mm-hmm. that we were going to be there a very long time. The concept was good, mm-hmm. you know, bringing really interesting food to Ojai at that time. We, we didn't have the choices, so. Yeah. We are spoiled for choice in Ojai for restaurants. We really are. Well, it, it's certainly a different culinary scene. Mm-hmm. Well, tourism is the basis of it. Just the local population, we'd be lucky to keep a Carol's going in this town. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Carol's. Not there's though. anything wrong with it. They basically raised my kids. I could just dip them <laughs> Tuesday night or something. It was kids eat free. Exactly. I remember that. You remember that? that? Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, well, what did I you... was diagnosed. Yeah. Closed the restaurant. Um, ended up with surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation. Yeah. And I was uh, into it for about eight months Did of my life. Did you feel depressed? Was it oh, yeah. Just rocked your world? Oh, I went into such a pity party for like two years. Mm-hmm. Two Mom, years. Why? Yeah, I bargaining, could, bargaining I with God. I could barely get out of bed in the morning. It was bad. <sighs> and um, I went to see my oncologist, and when I was finished with my appointment with him, I went in to see my chemo nurse, just to say hello. And so she says, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Sit down. Let's talk. And she says, so how are you doing? And I burst into tears. Mm. And I said, Tammy, I don't know how to remake myself. Yeah. Who I had, are you? I was that, all, did you have one of those moments? How, who, uh, who are you after such a traumatic experience? Mm-hmm. It changes your life forever. And not necessarily in a bad way, but at that time, I couldn't see the, the positives. The, possi- the possibilities yes, out there Yes, I just for couldn't. You. It wasn't there. I, you know, I, I lost that 
that dream. It was just gone, and there was no way I was going to reopen something. No. So, so letting that go must have been true. Yeah, it was, it was very hard. And so Tammy grabbed me by the hand, and she says, I have to introduce you to some people. And behind the cancer center in Santa Barbara, there was an independent cancer resource center Mm -hmm. uh, that's focused on breast cancer. Not uh, not affiliated with Cottage or whatever? No, it's independent. And uh, all cancer survivors worked, and only breast cancer survivors worked in um, uh, in that organization. And I walked in, and they welcomed me with open arms, and it just felt like I had met my people. Mm. And after talking with them, I said, I want to I volunteer here. Mm-hmm. And can I do that? And they said, well, sure, you know, fill out these papers, and how many days would you like to work? And I said, five. <laughs> you know, really, get, get me have some structure. <laughs> yeah, out of exactly, myself, get you know? me out of the house and out of my so, head. People forget how important service is just mm-hmm. in that way of, you know, we're social creatures and connecting is so key. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the maladies of the modern age are related to that sense of isolation and and just apartness. Yeah. 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 So anyway, there you are. So I volunteered there for a year, um, and then they hired me. As a staffer. As a staffer. Getting getting paid. Getting paid. But you were making big bank on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know yeah. nonprofits. Sure. We make a ton money of money. Like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I I worked there a total of three and a half years and during that time I realized that I, I came to the conclusion that this is really what I wanted to do. Why how so? Was it the tasks or just the environment, the camaraderie? Uh, what about well, it spoke to you like this is my this is my path forward? When I had when I was first diagnosed, uh, there were it felt like I was quite alone here in Ojai. There were yeah. no support services. There was a single breast cancer support group that met at Little House at Help of Ojai mm-hmm. once a month. Wow. And it was led by, I don't know if you remember her, Eleanor Land. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. She taught um, uh, Thatcher School, right? Uh, did she teach it? Well, her husband, her husband yeah, yeah, Chris did. Chris Land, yeah. Yes. And uh, she was a social worker, mm. uh, a magnificent person. And she led that group. But once a month didn't seem like enough. No. People were hurting. Yeah. And I was gaining all of this um, experience in Santa Barbara, and I thought, Oh yeah, why am I, <laughs> why am I, you know, going over the mountain every day? You know, it was like a seventy-mile uh, round trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I could start something here, and I went back to school, and I said, I need some credentials here. Went back to school, like. I first went to City College, Santa Barbara City College, Mm -hmm. and I took physiology and anatomy and Spanish, and I just wanted to Mm -hmm. get a few courses. Did you pick your, um, you picked these courses? It wasn't part of a program or pedagogy or anything? No, no, it was, I chose them. I wasn't a matriculating. On on what you figured was going to be useful? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't matriculating as a 
medical assistant or anything mm. like that. So, and then after that, I took some classes. I, there's a, um, a course for patient advocacy through UCLA yeah. in their public health, uh, their Department of Public sense. Health. And mm. uh, so it was a distance learning program. And it took me two years to complete. Uh, but in the meantime, I continued to work at, at the Breast Cancer Resource Center and then started developing the structure or the uh, skeleton of how Ojai Cares was going to uh, develop. And I started out with a single support group. Yeah. Now, and did that you have group, a business plan or... I didn't. No. No, I was flying by the by the seat of my pants. I had certainly shadowed the director of the Breast Cancer Resource Center mm -hmm. in Santa Barbara. And knowing that you were going to structure right. your own organization. Exactly. And they knew as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't a so secret. You had, you had I didn't mentorship. leave under no, strange like circumstances. Well, I'm going to take all your book of business. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. Now she was a big help to me, and we, uh, I, uh, our support group grew, so that I needed to. Were there Ojai people in the support group in Santa Barbara? No. No. Mm -hmm. No. Why not? Too Why? far to go. Really? I don't or know. Or they didn't even know about it. Maybe they maybe didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, and I did feel that we were lacking in services here, so. Yeah. We eventually grew too large. Um, you remember Kim Exxon? Of course. She Kim gave me my first. Yeah, they're in Kauai. Yeah, exactly. She gave me my first space at, um, you the remember old, her little building? Nunnery, yeah, nunnery. the old nunnery. Yeah, exactly. In fact, there were still nuns living there when Kim and Jim bought the place, I think, back in the mid-aughts or late-aughts. Uh, sure. So we started with her in 2000 and would have been Eight, 10, nine, 11. 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe even 12. And we sat ne We had sat next to each other at a birthday party. She asked me what I did. I told her and she says, oh, I love what you're doing. Where are you doing this? And I said, wherever I can get space. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's outdoors. And she said, I have the perfect space for you, and I'd love to give it to you. And so that's where I got my first break. So we grew out of that space, and Help of Ojai gave me the space that in Little House. Okay. Okay. And Kent Hall? No, no. The, um, never mind. I'm getting the names mixed up. Yeah, remember Little House was that, mm -hmm. yeah, the little structure that was to the yeah. right of the building. So, and we grew out of that, and I took a leap of faith, uh, and I said, I think, I think we can, I think we could build something here. Okay. When you mentioned we, at that point, it's me. Who are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> but how how uh, did you find? How did people find you? How did cancer survivors? Uh, this is a good story. Yeah. Uh, so I I found that space at Firebird Plaza. Mm -hmm. And we outfitted it with um, 
I, I went to that uh, flea market that Help of Ojai has on, you know, once a month on 150. Oh, yeah. And I pretty much bought everything there that I would need in that space, which it was a beautiful, beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had room for a support group and room for our treatment rooms and an office and a library. Uh, it was really quite, quite something. I wasn't positive what I was going to do there, but I thought if you build it, they will come. And the day I I opened, I had asked the Ojai Valley News to write a story about what I was doing. And it caught the eye of a wonderful man who I'm going to keep anonymous. Um, And he had a family foundation. And he calls me that day. And I'm thinking, this has to be a joke, that this man is calling and said, I just read the story in the yeah, Ohio Valley News. You were being punked by And I, I did. And he said, I'd like to help you. So I said, in what way? And he said, well, you probably need some seed money. So I said, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was too shy to ask him, how much are we talking about? But he surprised me in a very big way. Mm. And um, and then you felt validated, huh? I did. Yeah. And now I had money to hire um, somebody. I had a volunteer, one volunteer, and one, um, uh, she's a medical social worker. And uh, Renee Mandala, I'm sure you must know her. Yeah. And She used uh, to be at the... Um, Nan Tolbert. She's still there. She's the director. Okay. It's uh, I remember Nan secure Tolbert. beginning. That's how long I've been. Oh wow, you really that. have she's been a, here a long time. She was a sweetie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Renee came in and she did a little work for us, and then um, I don't know if you know Lori Collins, but she is mm-hmm. a massage therapist, and she said, "Why don't we do massage therapy?" It's like, okay, great. Is this just like uh, palliative care, comfort, or is there a bigger purpose It's not palliative because that involves medicine. Okay. So this was strictly psychosocial. Yeah. So we started with, we had our support groups, and then we had the massage therapy, and from the massage therapy we added Reiki and reflexology and uh, we had the boutique with wigs, hats, scarves, mm-hmm. um, the library. I started buying books on Amazon, like, you yeah. know, the used books what for like a quarter. Like, I'm curious about, are you talking more like the uh, monographs and uh, studies and stuff, though, right? Uh, n- not so much that. Um, inspirational literature? More well. inspirational. What I did about, have like, uh, the, the uh, Emperor of All Maladies. That's the one and, I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. You know, books like that that are. Uh, informative mm-hmm. um, and entertaining and as well. entertaining as well when breath becomes air and there are a host of books that were you know been written mm-hmm. by really in influential well, people in the medical field my first experience would be death be not proud <laughs> john hershey remember that book? i do it's going back and then those treatments you know the poison gas mm-hmm. that they used and they seem so barbarian now. They certainly do. They yeah. certainly do. And that poor kid, my goodness, what he went through. Mm. 
Yeah. John Hershey was the one who reported on Hiroshima, that gigantic report in the New Yorker magazine in like 1946, I think, that just that really brought it all home. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. great journalist and describing his son's struggles and how no parent should out have to their witness children, that. You know. Absolutely not. Absolutely just tragic. Not. But at least he got something out of it, or we got something out of it. You know, the literature, it helps. It mm -hmm. helps you know, it's like we're not alone. It's easy to feel like we're out on the edge, staring into the abyss. But well, you can use that as a metaphor for so many things. Yeah. Yeah. So here you go. Here how, we how go. You I mean, said you were find, people were finding you. What was the people were finding us? One from the article in the newspaper. Little by little, I have a. Uh, I use a, a, a custom-made. Um, uh, um, yeah, it's a customer relations data management. It's called Salesforce. Oh yeah. And so we had that custom made for Ohio Care, so I could capture everything. Now, are you going to oncologists and where? Where? Um, you know, what's your pipeline? Oncologists, nurses, uh, local doctors—they were a little skeptical for many years. Uh, they, uh, many of them, I Do think they, they got the impression that we were an alternative. Oh, I got you. And I don't know where here. they could have gotten that from because we are so not. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very clear about that. The modalities that we were using, Reiki, reflexology, um, massage, these are all being used in the best cancer medical facilities yeah, in the country, in the world. So well, it's at worst, they do no harm. Which they is do the no first harm. First imperative. And the idea behind those um, offerings was as an adjunct to the um, the medical. Yeah, you know, it's it's depressing to go and you know have a, a chemotherapy drip and yeah, I it, like four hours. It, I have a friend going through that right now. Yeah. Hopefully, he's gonna. I think today he might be getting his. Is all clear. Is all clear. The bell will ring. That yeah. will. That's good. That's good. Yeah. We like to hear that. We like so to hear that. Just being around other people going through the same thing. How did that work? Like the social dynamics of that. What do you mean? When people are getting together, do they sort themselves out? And you know, people who've been through the process before. Maybe it's their second round. Mm -hmm. People just coming in new. Yeah. How they form their relationships. Within the group. Yeah, the group dynamics. The group dynamics. You know, it's interesting because it takes on, each group takes on its own little flavor. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so what are some of the groups? You have a different... Uh, we do. What was your total um, universe of, of clients? At our height, Yeah. Uh, we were serving about 150. 30 people a year. Including family members. Including family members. Because I'm thinking that's a lot of it's a lot for of, a small community. Yes, including including family members. Yeah. The ones wow, that... That's, that's, that's big. Yeah, yeah. Considering how small a valley we are, and we mm -hmm. really just handle the Ojai Valley. So, yeah, it was a busy... We, 
we were in that space for seven years, mm-hmm. and I could just see the graph, uh, you know, change Hockey, over stick. the years. How yeah. you know we we started off with this many people, and it grew to you know about 130 mm-hmm. a year, and then COVID hit. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, well, I imagine that was dis- how disruptive that would have been. Not just because, as everyone was afraid of getting sick. People who were oh. compromised like oh, that awful. would have been so was, much more frightening and it was, isolating. It was just all at of the those. time that they really need that connection. All of that. All so, how did that. you uh, tell me about that? Uh, we how did had you to. How do we regroup? Um, we cha- well, we did take. A break because we didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. It did feel like the end of the world. It did feel like the end of the world, and I held on to the space for six months because I was saying, "Oh, this is going to be over in a matter of weeks, and we'll be we'll yeah. get back to normal." And you know, weeks and you know turned into months, turned into years. Yeah. Um, so we were able to take the majority, all of our groups went to um, Zoom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how many groups were you running? At that time, uh, we did a, a grief group, um, a caregiver group, uh, several support groups. We had a, a breast cancer group, uh, a general cancer group. Oh, gosh, going back a ways. Anyway, we were offering like seven different groups at that time. And led by staff or by... Led by staff. Uh, Renee Amandala mm-hmm. did a lot of our groups. Uh, we had... Um, um, we did our hypnotherapy in a group also when we had the our brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. And now it went to Zoom and we continued to, to do that in Zoom because yeah. I, I don't have a brick and mortar. Uh, but it works out fine. Um, you know, hypnotherapy. The old people were getting what they needed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, Hmm. I'm calling it hypnotherapy because it's run by a hypnotherapist, Mm -hmm. but you could call it guided meditation. Yes, I think that's a, that's my experience. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that was the, you know, the big changeover, and uh, what were we going to do after that? Well, we open up a new space. By that time, our landlord, our landlady, had rented the space out to um, a salon, and mm. they completely revamped that. Restructured the whole uh, oh, floor yeah. plan. Oh, yeah, everything. Yeah. They had to put in sinks and, you know, everything. Uh so you weren't going back. We weren't going back there. Mm. And I wasn't, things were working out okay. And as long as there was no hiccup with uh, client services, the only th- we couldn't offer any of the hands-on. Mm-hmm. But Reiki you can do over the phone, really? as it turns out. We prefer it. Hands on. It's yeah. not even a hands-on. You know, Reiki yeah. is uh, energy, energy exchange. Yeah. So apparently you can do it online. So okay. I, I haven't personally experienced it, but um, we were doing it. 
And people were, I think people were just happy that they have something non-medical to comfort them. And it almost didn't matter what it was. I totally understand that. Any kind of a positive distraction. Oh, gosh, yes. So we're back. We're now back to all, um, except for hypnotherapy, where we do everything uh, in person. Um, we have a massage well, where therapist. Where are you now? Are you, are you back in here? Where, where are you? Where do we work? Yeah. So my office is in my home. Yeah. So I run everything from there. And we have, we have space at um, uh, the Lymphatic Health Institute on Pearl Street. I don't know if you are aware of that. Mm-mm. An incredible little organization. Hmm. And so they gave us their living room to do uh, our cancer nice. groups. And then uh, we, we have other groups at, um, what's that one called? The Ohio United Methodist Church. Okay. Where they also do uh, homeless shelters on in the winter. Oh, is that where well, they, they do? All the churches or many. Oh, of the they churches they have switch a off. They, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so those are our two m- major places. We have another group uh, where we talk about living, aging, and dying. Mm. And uh, it those are that's a those are hard topics. Yeah. Uh, because. We all are in that progression mm-hmm. of living, aging, and dying. Nobody's getting younger. Nobody's getting any younger. So uh, it that one is run out of what is it called? Alchemia, which is on oh, El yeah, Roblar. El Roblar, Alchemia Wellness. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. and that's um, Cesare Scala, and mm-hmm. she does that group for us. And we actually have something else planned with her and her uh, her business partner. This is going to be exciting. We're going to do uh, a full day. We're not sure that it's enough for a weekend retreat, but certainly a full day to learn how to do advanced directives, which, hmm. I mean, a serious advanced directive. It's like a multi-page document yeah. that needs to be notarized. Right down and, to the flowers at the funeral. Yes, something like that. Like this is what I want. Play the music I want. Yeah. Play. I mean, but it's much more than more that. Medical it's medical directives of yeah. resuscitation and whatnot. So. All of that. All of that. So has anybody said they want extraordinary measures? Do people say I, whatever it takes? I yeah, people. How, oh, absolutely. Regardless of the quality I'm of life, I'm constantly surprised at the people's will to live, but once even in, in the that face scenario, of they don't feel like. I don't know. Even in the face of terminal illness, people will hold on to one last treatment, one last hope. Yeah. Clinical trials, you know, mostly clinical trials are people who have basically come to the end of their, yes, to their other treatments. So, uh, yeah, so we have a lot of fun things uh, planned uh, Mm. in, you know, educational Service educational. Do you bring in guest speakers at all? Guest speakers. We used to. Yeah, not since the pandemic, though. No. No. No, we used to. And what would that be like with somebody that's? uh, Is there like a circuit of Uh, researchers and? Well, there was a there was a researcher that we invited down from uh, Sacramento, Mm -hmm. who is a statistician. 
we had when you say statistician, I think cancer clusters. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he. That that was his specialty. Mm. And none around here, though. I think we've talked about this before. You and I have talked about Ventura County being maybe a little high, Ojai not being so high. I don't want to get into that. I got many yeah. friends in both sides of the. Of course, issue, of course. But, but he came curious. down to quell some of the people's fears that Ojai had more than its share. Yeah. Uh, because that we are an agricultural bowl, mm-hmm. if you will. We're also an older population. We are an so older that, population. That's going to have a statistical of effect. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. Absolutely. So he has to, he had to uh, figure in all of that into his numbers. You know, what is the natural um, mm-hmm. number of, of cancer What you would expect in diagnoses. the population, yeah. So... Anyway, I know cancer clusters are tricky because you're often dealing with small samples, and that statistical clusters happen all over the place. It's just the way things. It's just Bayesian distribution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the way the the field works. So where I lived know, on Long Island, the, teasing out the correlations or the causation from the correlation is a very very mm-hmm. tricky business. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying on Long Island? Oh, yeah. Long Island. Long Island. I, I don't talk like that, but yeah. Anymore. <laughs> the the Guyland. Um, funny enough, Renee is from Long Island also. <laughs> but I don't think she talks like that either. No, she doesn't. Long Island. No, I think she's been away from the island long enough yeah. to have <laughs> eliminated it. definitely them. has a distinct culture. Yeah. A lot of islanders. But fans, there so. is a... A real cluster, they call it a hot spot. Cancer the Alley. Cancer Alley, where the potato farming was out on the island. What out is that east. related to? Potatoes? Oh, would, using yeah. DDT. Oh, really? So it's still cycling through the system, even though it was banned back in the what, mid to late 60s? Yeah. I remember when they would have the trucks going along spraying the ditches. That, and we used to have... Oh, this is, maybe my cancer came from this. We kids. They used to have mosquito trucks. Yes, that's the DDT trucks. Exactly. And there were uh, sprayers on both sides. sides, And they just went down the road. And stupidly, I mean, nobody told us not to do this. We walking around. We followed that truck on our bikes. Mm -hmm. That was crazy, but nobody knew. Well, the... What was that uh, Terrence Malick movie? Tree, tree oh, of Tree Life. of Life. They showed some scenes. In He's that. one Such of my favorite directors. Movie. Gorgeous film. Beautiful film. Mm. I, you know, I, I don't find too many people that liked that film as much as I did. Yeah. I didn't want it to go be over. After three no, hours, I was like, with more. Jessica Chastain on that, whatever it was, the beach there. I just, I didn't even know. I wasn't even thinking, and I just wept like. And it was just yeah. the beauty of that expression. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a fabulous. He did a very interesting documentary about this young musician named Lil Peep, who was all tatted and pierced, and you know I forget the name of that kind of grungy mo rap that he did. But he was only 21 years old, and he died of the drug addicts and stuff. Terrence Malick was very good friends with the kid's grandfather, mm. who was a historian. And the sweetness of the relationship between the father and the grandson, or the grandfather and the 
grandson was just really remarkable. And you could just feel this boy, this this scared little boy, just trying to find himself in all the wrong ways. Mm. I mean, he was a very talented, some of these, you know, he had a couple of hit songs when he was only like in his 18, 19 years old. But this world that he lived in, you could just tell there was no way out. No way out. But anyway, Terrence Malick, genius. Love him. Yeah. Days of Heaven. I haven't. I would go back and see that again. Oh when was my. that, like 1980s or um, something? Oh, it was earlier than that. Really? I was, in I think, in 10th grade, so it had to be about 19, oh my gosh, 70. Hmm. It was in 10th grade. Is that Richard Gere? Oh, yes, Richard Gere. I think it was his first movie. Yeah. Hmm. Wonderful film. What I love about Terrence Malick is he is very slow and deliberate yeah. in, in his the way cinematography. But the every you could take any frame out of one of those movies and frame it, put it on yes, the wall. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, there it's art. Yes. Twenty four frames per second of art. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. him. It's wonderful to hear. So back to cancer. Back to cancer. What are we looking at? What are are the vision? What what is the years ahead for Ojai Cares? (sighs) It's a good question. It's a very good question. You must think about it. I do. Yeah. I do. Um, In in a perfect world. (laughs) Money, no object. I've been asked this. I've been asked this question. That's a natural question. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh, in, if money was no object, oh, I would reopen a brick and mortar for sure. Mm. Yeah. If I were to go back to that way of um, working, I would be doing more fundraising than working with clients. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm the, really in my sweet spot working with clients yeah. and doing a little bit of Do you of enjoy the development part, the raising the money? No. Do you enjoy that? I do not. The people who do enjoy it seem to have the world by the tail, don't they? It's it's a personality that I wish I had, yeah, but I'm more on the shy side and yeah. um, humble. Hmm. And I'm humbled by the number of donors that we do have mm-hmm. that come to us year after year with their wallets open and with the best of intention. I... It makes me cry from the $10 donation to the $10,000 donation. What about grants? So this year we were very lucky, and uh, I applied for two grants, and and we were successful. Uh, I do all the grant writing, which is not, it's, uh, you know, that's another uh, career that people have Mm -hmm. uh, is grant writing. And uh, so I had to figure that out. Yeah. over the years and um, I, I've had um, help from some very very smart people mm-hmm. uh, in this community that really smart people I know I oh goodness. very very smart no, people <laughs> so what um, can you share about some anecdotes or stories about actual people I would There's love to yeah let's do it okay one day I was alone in the office. It was the end of the day, and I used to like to stay. At Sounds like the setup for a horror movie. Well, go ahead. <laughs> um, 
there was a knock on the door, and we were all glassed in there, so I could certainly see who was at the door. And it was a fellow who was rather disheveled, uh, scared the heck out of me because I was alone there. And I, um, and I thought to myself, okay, you can't not answer the door because he can see that you're there. Yeah. Um, I could have said, I'm sorry, we're closed. But I decided to open the door. And I asked if I could help him. And he said, I was walking by and I saw your sign, Ojai Cares Cancer Resource Center. And he just looked at me and says, I have cancer. Mm. I was like, come on in. Yeah. And we, he stayed for about an hour and a half. Uh, he was homeless. He had been living in a shed for about 30 years. 30 years. No running water except for a hose. Here in Ojai. Here in Ojai, yes. He had grown up here, and he hit some hard times. Mm. Uh, alcoholism, drug use. Yeah, probably no family support either. Uh, no family support. Away, yeah. None. He really had a tough, uh, tough foundation, really mm-hmm. thin uh, in terms of uh, family. And he, after that hour and a half, we... Um, he said, let's stay in touch, and I told him all the things that we could offer him, but he wasn't a very shy guy, definitely had some thick walls up. Hmm. And I called him rather often. He did have a phone, and he would call me, and sometimes he would call me, and he was drunk. Hmm. And I would say, I'm going to call him Michael. I'd say, Michael, I'm not going to talk to you if... You're drunk, so call me when you are sober. And he got the message mm. after a few of these with me saying goodbye. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to you. This, we, you know, you're dealing with some serious issues, and you're not going to get any better if you put that poison yeah. in your body. But you can understand the coping mechanism. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I followed Michael for a year, and during that time, we got, our friendship really grew. Um, I cared about him a lot, and I was frightened for him. Mm. And his- Was he getting treatment? He was getting treatment. Uh, He was on a lot of medication. He had uh, advanced prostate cancer, Mm. and- um, Gosh, when I think about him, I get a little choked up, I have to tell you. (laughs) So, long story, I'm going to condense this. Uh, Around seven months into our relationship, uh, and I mean our professional relationship, um, I called in Cesare Scala, Mm -hmm. our death doula. That's what Cesare does for us. Is a death doula. She's a death doula. And a guide to the other side. Exactly. And we use her a lot. Have you seen somebody die? Have you seen them yes. when they let go? Me yeah, too. I'll, it's actually quite moving. It's incredibly moving. Yeah. Well, Cesare started preparing Michael for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. And he fought us 
He's like, no, I'm going to keep taking my vitamins, and <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to cure myself. And we'd say, okay, but we, we have to talk about this mm-hmm. because we want to know your wishes. How should we? There's nobody to take care of you. What, uh, how, what will what happen? was he? Michael was, uh, I would say he was close to 70. Okay, so at least he's on uh, Medicare. He so was on Medicare depends. and he was on Medi-Cal. Yeah. So and that's a very nice combination for Phil's the medical world. Gaps, is co- it's yeah. called a medi medi, yeah. and uh, if you go into a facility, they they like medi medis because they know they're going to get full payment yeah, from one from place the or state another. Or the feds. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we got Michael prepared. His health really declined. He could no longer really walk, mm. and um, he had. Um, it had affected his bladder. I mean, things were really going down. Yes. Well, he was catheterized, so mm. so he had a, a bag strapped to his leg. I mean, he's really, really going downhill pretty yeah. quickly. And about, I estimated about six month, uh, six weeks before he died, I happened to be at the um, hospital getting an X-ray, and I saw Hadi Lashkari. In the parking lot. Another friend of the pod. Uh, Oh, is he? Yeah. He's fabulous. Love him. And I, uh, we stopped to talk, and I'm looking straight at the continuing care center, and I said, Hadi, are there beds there for hospice? And he said, yeah, we have a few. And I said, do you have one open for a male? Mm. So he said, let me get on the phone. And right there. While we're in the parking lot, he makes a call, and he said, we do. And I said, I, I know I've never asked you for a favor before, but I have a big favor. And I quickly told him a little bit about Michael. Mm-hmm. And he sent me to the financial, uh, whoever does the financial, not financial aid, but whoever covers does the, the, admissions, yeah, the so. admissions, financial admissions, and gave her as much information as I had. And in a week, he was in a bed. He was out of that shed, shed into, a bed. into a clean environment with three meals and snacks a and day. skilled, uh, skilled well, personnel. Yeah, skilled personnel. Uh, it, it was not an easy move for him to make. And I remember... Not the, easy because... Well, he was pretty dedicated to you the mean, way he was uh, living. Personally, you know, his, his uh, well, people live on the street, and they not don't logistically, just emotionally. Emotionally, letting yeah. go and realizing that this was probably the beginning of the end. Mm. And you know, when you tell somebody they're going on hospice, it's it's a scary word. Mm-hmm. It's a very scary word. Um, anyway, I remember. Um, it was his birthday the day before he was going into the continuing care center. And I brought him a big box of new clothes, clothes that he could, you know, so he wasn't wearing his dirty clothes yeah. at the hospital. And he was, he just started to cry. He said, no one's ever given me a birthday present before. Oh. It was just so sad. I mean, he, he touched my heart in a way. I don't think anybody else has. Um, between Cesare um, and this one of our volunteers, Joe, and myself, uh, 
we made sure that Michael had somebody coming in and out of his room every day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. Sometimes because we didn't check with each other, sometimes all three of us were there. Yeah, at the same time. I made sure I was there before work and after work. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanksgiving came around, and I wasn't going to New York for Thanksgiving. I was going to be alone, and so Michael and I spent it together. I made him mashed the, potatoes the <laughs> at the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got more involved. We all did. We all kind of rallied around him and made him realize that you can, that he, he would say to me often, why are you doing this? Yeah, why what's you, in it for what, you? We, exactly. What's in it for me and who am I to you? Mm-hmm. And I said, Michael, everybody deserves dignity, especially at the end. Like, yeah, we have a very strange aversion to death in this culture, don't yeah. we? Feels bad. I grew up digging graves. I don't know if you knew that. I spent six years digging graves. Is that a family business? Well, my dad was the cemetery director. It's an elected position. He had like 17 different jobs. It's a small town, but... He definitely dumped off most of that work on me. Wow. And they so this was by hand a, back then? Uh, or you well, didn't no. have machinery? Uh, no, it was about 80, 20, 20% by hand. 80% you get the backhoe in there. In there. But yeah. a lot of places in smaller feet, family right? cemeteries. And, it's, no, it's uh, 54 inches, four and a half feet. Oh, that's it? Mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know where that six yeah, feet thing got six started. Feet under. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but yeah, to see how people, the you know how we go about death, it seems like where my you know people, there's a lot of Irish and Italians and the Germans that we were all stoic. It was a party when somebody died. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't it be sweeter if they had a party while they were still alive? Wouldn't it though? Did you ever see that Robert Duvall movie called Get Low with Sissy Spacek? Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> That's good. That's, that movie should be shown like every, every year. I mean, you talk about taking that that motif around death and flipping it around. Yeah. 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 It's been I a long time know. since I saw that. Um, anyway, we come to the end. Uh, we all rallied around Michael. Um the day before he died, we were all there. Um, he was still somewhat in and out. Mm-hmm. And then um, Cesare and I were there when he died. And she comes with her bag of tricks and uh, or what she needs to really take care of the body. Mm-hmm. And this is her specialty. We washed him. She clipped his nails, toes, and fingers. We anointed him with uh, the oils that she blends. Essential oils. Essential oils. Uh, we wrapped him in a shroud. Mm-hmm. She had flowers. We took Was this all according to his wishes? Or he, was it just her process? It was he her process, her, and, and we told him that we were going to take good care of him. Yeah. That... Um, that he would be treated with respect. And and he was just so thankful for 
the whole process, the whole last six weeks, the whole last year of his life. Um, it made him cry all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to choke up a little bit. Yeah, you think it about made him the cry. meaning that people have after they die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're still we're having this conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. like that Daniel Johnston song, Life in Vain. Have you ever heard that I don't Daniel know that Johnston song. song? No. He was a strange fellow, but so yeah, beautifully. So it was like a raw nerve, the way that he talked about everything. Mm-hmm. But that, for some reason, that reminds me of. So the law allows you to be with a dead body for four hours. I didn't even know there would be a, such a law. There is a law. And we took every minute of that. Yeah. We just we hung out with him and just made sure that the um, chapel or whatever you call it that comes to get the body, um, the undertaker. Yeah. What are they called? Well, you the know, funeral home. The funeral so, home. Yeah. Um, yeah, that um, we didn't want them to use the black bag. Because he was all ready to go. Yeah. Just put him right into the crematorium, just the way he was. And Did you have a service? No. No. There was. Well, you had your four hours. That we was had our service, four so. hours. That was our service. And yeah. um, we just, we talked about him and some of the fun things mm-hmm. that uh, he said and did. And, you know, he was a quirky guy. Yeah. Very quirky guy, but uh, he is always with me. He was my best teacher. I told him that so many times. Wow. I said, you have really... <sighs> that first impression that I had that I was frightened by him changed my worldview yeah, on not judging a book by its cover. And also just the assumptions we make. We make a lot of assumptions about how people get there. Everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to end up like that, alone, no. living on a, on a mattress on a dirt floor. Oof. Yeah, nobody wants to live like that. But he just could not get out of his... He had no skills. You mean employable skills? Employable skills and... Emotional skills. Yeah. He was scarred, a wounded man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you gave him a dignified exit. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt right. And I generally, uh, and I instruct, you know, I, I instruct anybody that works for us, don't get that involved with people really? emotionally. you got to keep some barriers up. Yeah. Otherwise... Oh, when I first started, I had no barriers, and I was going to memorials, like, every month. Just a lot to carry around. Oh, please. The, I think it was the first year that we were um, around, and Renee was working at that time, and we had, it was between Thanksgiving and Christmas, or New Year's, we had five deaths. Whoa. And we went to all they of them. They do seem to cluster up around oh my that goodness. time, don't they? Mm-hmm. There is sort of a, a loose, not theory, but a study that uh, people hold on for special events, so yeah. birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas, yeah. New Year's. So uh, we, went to every, we went to each one of those memorials. Mm. 
And at the end of that, I said to Renee, I mean, I really, I said, I, I think I might be in the wrong business. I don't, I can't do this. I just can't do it. And so we made a pact that we wouldn't go to any more memorials. That it was just too. We get involved with the families, but sure. at some point you have to let go. Well, it's a lot to carry around. I but, know I have a friend. I just talked to her the other day. She's been uh, LCSW or therapist for mm-hmm. twenty years. She can't do it anymore. No, it's just no, like it's. A, Taking on people's pain. psychic weight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So I'm much more um, aware of how far Mm -hmm. to allow my own emotions to get involved. Through hard hard experience, I imagine. I'm I'm not quite um, as hardened as people in the medical field. Yeah. Because I'm in a heart business. Mm-hmm. But it's um, I, I've I've learned to protect myself and have boundaries and okay so all right well we wow wrap it up yeah an hour and fifteen minutes all right Susan goes thank by you quickly so much. yeah thank you hey everyone Brett Bradigan here just thinking out loud so another conversation with somebody who is at the heart of things in Ojai. And in the four and a half years, geez, no, coming up on four years, I've been doing this podcast, 180-some episodes, and I've had a lot of those moments where I realize how lucky I am and how many amazing people it takes to create that field of gratitude. It's like uh, Freud called it um, an oceanic feeling. When you realize a oneness, when you sense that. Oh, it's got its challenges. But every time I put the headphones on and start talking to people, my little studio here on the second floor, overlooking the back of the arcade, I start to feel that stirring, a fellow feeling, that oceanic feeling. And realize I'm where I should be. I really love this place and I hope... Uh, through listening to the podcast, you welcome to love it as well. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Ohio Talk of the Town. We'll keep an ear out for you. <laughs>